Welcome to Hockey Prospect Radio, your voice for prospect news and analysis on Sirius XM NHL Network Radio. Now, here's hosts Shane Malloy and Brad Allen. Welcome to Season 19, Episode 12 in our 2024 World Junior Championship Preview, powered by Huddle Analysis, offering the largest data and video library of players, teams, and leagues worldwide, and Junior Prospect Hockey League, Western Canada's newest developmental stream for student-athletes looking to take their game and studies to the next level at JuniorProspectHockeyLeague.com, along with Jason Bukula from the Pro Hockey Group and Sportsnet. We're going to break down the 10 teams uh, in this tournament. So we're going to get into Team USA. I know we talked about them at length last week. It was kind of a teaser. But once again, Jason and Brad, this forward group, I went back and looked at the 2005 forward group from Canada when they just absolutely annihilated everybody in North Dakota. On paper, this group is comparable. And the crazy thing is, if you look at the top 14, who's going to be sitting out like those two spots? And then what is your fourth line going to look like? You like somebody who plays on a first line is end up going to have a going to play a whole four, your whole their whole fourth line is a bunch of first liners on their respective clubs. Like it's absolutely ridiculous to me. My thoughts are how are you going to manage ice time? Like this is a group where you actually could legitimately give everybody 15, 14, 13 minutes in that range each overall and have them fresh for the entire tournament. Yeah, I agree with that. I think that Coach Carl there is going to probably implement that type of strategy, to be honest with you, Shane. It's, uh, you know, why would you keep some of your thoroughbreds in the barn? You know what I mean? Like, you might as well roll them all out at the same time. And um, I'm with you. I look at this roster, and they can play the game any way you want. You know, you could uh, you could play it uh, quick and fast with the, the Nazars and the Smiths and, you know, the Oliver Moores. Uh, the Danny Nelsons of the world can take key defensive zone face-offs, block some shots in the penalty kill, maybe contribute with a little bit of secondary offense, which would be a bonus, I think, off his stick. But then you get in the other guys, you know, the Gavin Brindleys, who should be used in all situations. We all know he's a bulldog. He's one of my favorite players on this roster. I love the way he plays. Uh, don't worry about his size, 5'9", 175. I think the kid believes he's 6'9", 275, the way he plays. So. Um, you know, Cutter Goche, power, shooter. Like, I'm going through this roster. You know, Jimmy Snuggerud, same thing. Power, shot. Terrence, uh, out of the Erie Otters, Kerry Terrence. You know, he can play the game quick. He transitioned really nice last year at the World Championships. I mean, that doesn't always happen, right, when you get guys coming from the Ontario League who haven't been with the U.S., uh, the U18 team all year. He did a really nice job in, in Switzerland last year. It's fit right into the group. So, um to your point, though, overall, you know, this is this is a wagon. Like, Perot, Smith, Leonard, Rutger, McGordy. Um, I don't see any holes here. I see a team that can play the game any which way you want. So, you want to muscle? We'll muscle. You want to play uh, track meet style? We can do that. And, by the way, we'll probably pick you apart on our power play. That makes it nasty. Um I think from one to 14, I don't think it really matters who they put in the lineup, but I really don't. And and you, I agree. You can play them every, any which way you want. Let's transition to the defense. And Brad, I had this question for you in that respect. The only thing that when I look at this defense core that I would like to see is just some bigger bodies, 
some guys that are a little bit taller and a little bit more rangy in terms of just being able to take away time and space um, from that standpoint. That's the only hole I see on this defense core. I mean, San Rizal, he's 6'4", um, you know, Fortescue's 6'2", but I would have liked to see a couple of more defensemen in that 6'2", 6'3", range, but that's where I'm just, that's the only thing I see. Yeah, to, to your point, you know, it's, as a scout, it's almost hard to separate when you see a roster that's compiled not for the NHL, because I'm always thinking, what would it look like in the NHL? What's this player look like in the NHL? What's this system like in the NHL? But to win a World Junior Tournament, you, you don't all have to be 6'5", right? It doesn't have to be uh, the same way. That said, I, I'm with you in the sense that I wish there was a bit more nasty on this back end. They, they play well, and they can defend, and they have good sticks. And and they're, as you mentioned, some of them are larger players, and you hope that they can leverage those advantages. But at the same time, there isn't a Leon Bixell back there where he's going to intimidate, impose, and just and just crush the opposing team. There isn't that. Really, for the States, it's the forwards that are going to do more of that. You know, Jason mentioned Gavin Brindley. You know, he, he, that kid's a Wolverine on the ice. Like he'll, he'll hit anything. He'll go at any speed you need him to go. So it's, it's one of those situations where uh, it's going to be, as we mentioned in the previous show there, it's going to be a, a back end that needs to quiet things down and recalibrate and reload everything in transition so they don't really have to do a whole lot. I think, I think the, the way that we can assess the states in this tournament is, is just how much zone time that they, the, uh, is going to be against them. Like how, how long are there going to be extended shifts where the defense are getting drained or overwhelmed? It's, it's all about clean exits for this team. And then they can just rely on their fantastic forward crop to do the rest. So I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be extremely important for the States that they just play a clean, simple and efficient game out there, at least from the back half, because that's, I'd, I'd argue from a talent perspective, that's their weakest link, even though it's not weak, it's a phenomenal team. Yeah. I, I agree with that from that respect. It's really about, like, just be simple. And that doesn't mean it's just efficient in, in that respect. And if they're not hemmed in their zone, not worried. And, like, you just got to get the puck to their forwards and let them take over from that respect. And that's where I think that's really an, an interesting aspect of their defense core. And I agree it would be nice to have um, a Radko Gudis back there who's a little bit of a, you know, a screw loose kind of a guy that you just don't know quite know what he's going to do, but you got to be careful international tournament because you can get smacked pretty hard with penalties. And we've seen that happen in the past. Let's transition over to the goaltenders. I know we talked about both Trey Augustine and Fowler. And for my money, they're by far the best tandem in this entire tournament. And it doesn't matter which one's going because the other one will probably end up going. Jason, from your perspective, I, I suspect Coach Carl is going to rotate them through the preliminary rounds and then make a decision once they get to the quarterfinal. Because I fully suspect that the states in their pool, their you know their main competition is going to be Czechia and Slovakia. So I think they're going to win their pool outright by a pretty good margin. So then that's the decision he has to make is who starts a quarter. I even think they could actually flip-flop in the quarter and the semifinal, and I don't think it would make a difference. Yeah, I agree with that. I, there's no need for one guy to grab the net early in this tournament. And, and you're right. That's not going to happen. Uh, you know, Augustine has the experience, right, guys? He was there last year in Halifax and, and gained some valuable experience. Um, he's been really good at Michigan State. And, you know, Fowler, obviously at BC, 
BC as well. Boston College is well represented at this event. Uh, you know, it's a pick em type of situation for me. Honest to goodness, like Augustine, if you want to start nitpicking, is probably a little bit more quicker in the uh, in the crease moving laterally. His push is a little bit more quick than Fowler's, but Fowler's, you know, a little bit bigger in the net, uh, and he's got fantastic coordination, um, great pads, great low net coverage. And, you know, it's when you get over there and you get the extra width on the ice surface, it matters. So both these guys, I think their crease composure are on point, and uh, either one of them can run the uh, run the table for the U.S. when the quarterfinals start. But uh, I'm with you, Shane. By the time the quarters come around, that's when you'll pick a guy and uh, and run with him then. Another consideration, this generally happens with every team, particularly the top four or five teams, is they'll have, and I should have mentioned this for the D, is they generally try to have a shutdown duo. For the Americans, is this really Drew Fortescue and Aaron Minatean? Because Fortescue is a lefty, sh- lefty, Minatean's a righty. Is that their shutdown duo? Uh, particularly when it comes to penalty killing or when they're hemmed in late and they're trying to, you know, just stave off a little bit of push from an opposition. Like, Books, do you think that is their, their defense? Yeah, I think that, really I think that makes form? sense. Yeah, I think that makes sense. I mean, you know, those two were, were, were bulldogs at the end of the tournament last year at the Worlds. Um, uh, you know, blocking shots and, and kind of doing that heavy lifting in the trenches. The other guy, don't discount, though, I think Ryan Chesley's capable of some of that as well. Um, Chesley's had his moments over the years where he's kind of sneaky. Uh, you know, he'll he'll gap up on a guy. And he'll be a little bit sneaky getting under a guy. So um, I think they got an, a, enough of a mix there. You know, obviously, they'll yeah. probably – Rinzel will probably fit in there somewhere too. But the first one's over. Uh, I would imagine you're on it. Uh, Portescu and uh, Meditine. We're going to take a short break on Hockey Prospect Radio. Stay tuned for the rest of the preview right after this. Every play, every stat, every breakdown. On their own, they're essential. But all together, they're undeniable. Introducing Huddle Instat, a new advanced data platform that integrates with sports code and every Huddle product you rely on to create an all-in-one data powerhouse. Huddle Instat's advanced tagging and next-level stat reports help you develop your team, and its global film library helps you find the missing piece to get the most out of every second of film. Visit huddle.com backslash HPR to learn more. The Junior Prospect Hockey League is Western Canada's newest elite developmental stream for student-athletes looking to take their game and studies to the next level. The JPHL features professional coaches and skill development coaches, along with comprehensive practice, game, and academic schedule, allowing athletes to be successful in a more cost-effective model compared to similar hockey and school programs. To learn more and see why the JPHL is the ideal choice for your student-athlete and family, visit JuniorProspectsHockeyLeague.com. Fractal Hockey Consulting. Everything we do, we believe in challenging the status quo in hockey. We believe in thinking differently. We provide interdisciplinary solutions that are personally designed, simple to use, and user-friendly. Through an integrated series of best business practices, and we design solutions for both hockey operations and hockey business operations. Contact us at FractalHockey.com. 
outside edge has built a reputation for guiding hockey players toward their potential and provides on and off ice development programs for hockey players. Outside Edge Hockey Development operates all programs on the philosophy of quality over quantity. Our strength, skills, and mental coaches understand the demands of the game and use this knowledge to develop strength, speed, and energy systems so our athletes can reach their potential. The Outside Edge programming features KPI-based strength and conditioning programs, skating, and skill development sessions for pro, junior, midget, phantom, and peewee. Contact us today at outsideedge.ca. You're listening to Hockey Prospect Radio on Sirius XM NHL Network Radio. Here's Shane Malloy and Brad Allen. We're back on our 2024 World Junior Championship preview show powered by Huddle Analysis, offering the largest data and video library of players, teams, and leagues worldwide. Joined by Jason Bukla, let's now talk about Slovakia. And for me, you look at this forward group, they have nine forwards that have been drafted by NHL teams. It That's the larger contingent they've had in probably 20 years. I'd have to go back and take a look, but it have to be at least 20 years. And I look at this forward group, and that's three solid lines that their, co- their coach could roll over, and they can insulate that fourth line, and that fourth line doesn't have to play very much because I think for the most part, that forward group could play, you know, 20 minutes each. <laughs> I mean, 18 probably in that fourth line will play six or seven minutes. And that's really what it's going to be like. And I think this four group is dangerous. They got a nice, really nice mix guys. I start with you, Brad, in terms of, you look at Cernick and Dvorsky and Hanzig and one of our, uh, you know, the guys we really like and Adam Sikora. You know, what are your thoughts on this overall, like nine, this, that top nine, that's really going to be dangerous for this team. Yeah, absolutely. You throw Karchik in that mix. It, you know, one thing about them is they have size, but they also have some speed, skill, finesse. And then there's that grit factor as well. Like Dvorsky is a high energy player, very physical if he has to be. Uh, w- one thing with him that you, you notice when anytime he's on the international ice, he wants to be the guy. He's always trying to drive play. He's always trying to be a difference maker. He's going to try to make noise here. Uh, Samuel Hanzik for me is the wild card. He's just coming back from a major injury. He's just getting just getting his legs back underneath him. This is going to be an extremely important tournament uh, for him uh, in terms of being able to see where he is as a player right now uh, after after his offseason. So I think based off of what they have, they have a chance to be, as you mentioned in a previous episode, they could be one of those dark horse teams that could upset someone as a result of having the depth that they have at this position, forward position. This is the deepest Slovakian forward squad that we've seen in ages, and they have a, a very interesting mix of players. Yeah, they've got a, uh, you know, on top of the guys that people are mostly familiar with, you mentioned Hanzek, and obviously a Mesar who's, you know, been bouncing around a little bit in the Habs uh, uh, organization. He's, he's back in, in the Ontario Hockey League now, but uh, this, is a, this is a really interesting group. The thing I like about them, guys, is that there's a good mix of skill and will here. You know, they... They have a relentless group as well as uh, as being a uh, you know a, a bunch that can come at you offensively, um, and you know some of the new guys that they're introducing to the roster, you know like the the Dej kid, uh, um, you know on top of obviously you said Dvorsky who and Dej he is really a big kid, yeah Dej is a big kid and and you know they 
Slovakian hockey is on the rise. They've done a really good job uh, with their infrastructure. They're starting to see uh, the reap the rewards of some of these kids coming through and they play the right way. So um, I don't know. I, they're a scary team because they've also got goaltending that could steal a game. And, uh, you know, when you combine their will and their skill, um, you know, Chernak, Dej, Dvorsky, Hanzek, Mesar, you start going down. To your point, Shane, geez, that's a deep team. More like we can rhyme off or rhyme off eight or nine names there, and that's uh, that's been an anomaly in the past, hasn't it? A hundred percent. And this is what one of the things I like about them is the style of play that they have internationally. They they're very similar to Quinnipiac University, where they're very highly aggressive off the puck, so they're going to force you to make a great play. And if you get, if they beat, if you get, they get beaten by a great play, they're like, so be it. But we're going to force you to do that. So they're going to be relentless in puck pursuit all the time. And they have, you know, collectively, I've always seen, especially in the last three, four years, I found their, their puck support excellent amongst their forwards and their D. So they're, they're there to help their teammates. And that just make, makes up for some levels of lack of, you know, high-end skill. High-end skill can sometimes over overset that. And that's why I think they're going to be a really dangerous team in their style of play. But now they have the depth of skill set, especially at the forward group, than they've ever had before. And it's one of the, you know, we look at, like um, Brad had mentioned, Plokarczyk and you have uh, Perikoski. You know, I think that's going to add a nice little mix to it as well. So, like, you get into that third line and things don't drop off. Um, that Zelenka kid that was drafted by Arizona, I think he's going to bring an, uh, something to that third line as well. And that, that's what, and they, and they have great buy-in for this. Like they remind me actually similar the way they're playing, like the Finns traditionally play. Like they're just going to be a total pain in the ass to play against. And that's what to me is really fascinating about this group. And it's why I said that I think they're going to be that dark horse potential upset. They could upset somebody and all of a sudden they're in a, they're in a metal game. And you're like, wait a minute, what just happened here? Um, but let's try to interesting on it's gonna I'll just end it with this. It will be interesting with the top third lineup being the way it is, like with Bakarchek, if he ends up in the three, like he's got skill, fellas. Like yeah. he's you know, this guy can put up points and score, so he might get some uh softer matchups, and that might be key in the middle of the lineup. They get some big bodies, like yeah. six four, six one, six four, six one, six two, six two, right? Six one. Like they got some big bodies that I think some of the smaller teams are going to have some problems with in terms of when you get into puck battles and games late. Uh, this is where I think this team is really going to be uh, really push it. My concern for this, this team is on defense. Now they have Martin Sturback as the only drafted player. That doesn't mean they can't be successful. But I think very similar in some respects, as Brad had said about the U S team, the Slovak got to play a very simple meat and potatoes, just get the puck to their forward group and just play non-mistake hockey. And then when it's in their zone, they got to battle. I mean, for like, just like dogs, because you know, if they get hemmed in there um, after a while, this is where I think things are going to be problematic for them, but they got some big bodies too. Six, three, six, two, six, three, six, two. 6-1. They got some big bodies back there, but Sturback's going to, like, I think he's going to have to carry the mail for this defense core. Well, to your point, the, the big thing is they're missing Simon Amich. Yeah. That's a huge, that's that's a massive loss. If he was at this event, he's playing 
a ton of minutes. And then you got your number one, you got your quarterback, you got your all situation. So that's, that's what they're really missing. Now, Maxine Sturback really put himself on the map last year at this tournament. He was fantastic. He's going to have to recreate that performance from last season. It's as simple as that. He has to be as good as he was last year, this year, if they have a chance. Um, because they, as you said, they're they're definitely a bit weaker on the back end uh, when you compare their goalies and forward crop. Uh, the, the thing, though, I'll, I'll mention, I, I, I'm, I, I'm privileged enough to watch a lot of international hockey. I love international hockey. Uh, Slovakia, one thing I really like about their system, they bring these kids up together from a very young age sometimes. A lot of these kids know each other's games inside out. That's a distinct advantage they have over even some of the top teams sometimes. Uh, you look at Canada's back end, they haven't played nearly as long as the Slovaks have together. So there's going to be an inherent chemistry to their back end that some of these other international teams are lacking. That might give them a little bit of an advantage, even though they're not names that most people know. Right. Let's talk about the goaltender and Adam Gage. And I know Brad and I talked about him relentlessly going into the 2023 draft. Thoughts on him? Jason, in terms of his ability to steal games, I think he's just so athletic and he's tenacious where if things break down, he's a guy that's going to help that defense score feel good about themselves. When you got a guy back there who can bail you out with some ridiculous save, it makes the defense score want to battle that much harder for him. Yeah. And be there or been there, done that too. Been there, done that too. Right. You know, last year, obviously, uh, he arrived for everybody, and uh, he's definitely got the ability. So we're you're talking about a you know a good sized kid. You know he's, he's doing well in Green Bay. He's committed to go to I think Duluth in uh, next season. But you know this is a, a big body, athletic, uh, competes like a dog to make second and third saves if required. And you know because of their defense, you know just circling back on that real quick. I think this is a defense core that's going to be grab it, window and out, and let's just keep it uh, out of our zone as much as we possibly can. And when things break down, then you're going to rely on the goaltender. And uh, he's already proven he can steal games at this level. So we'll see how it goes. And that's where I think you look you look at him similar to what Godla had done for the Slovaks yeah. and just stood on his head. And then it becomes a rallying cry for the rest of the team because – you so desperately within your forward group and your defense group as a collective unit, you want to battle so hard for a guy like that. That I think really, I think, you know, Adam Gagin could be their rallying cry for their team. And that's dangerous when you give a team like that hope, um, you know, that's going to be, that's going to make the difference between them getting into the medal rounds. And I think they could, you know, get there. We're going to take a short break on Hockey Prospect Radio. Stay tuned for the rest of our 2024 World Junior Preview right after this. Every play, every stat, every breakdown. On their own, they're essential. But all together, they're undeniable. Introducing Huddle Instat, a new advanced data platform that integrates with sports code and every Huddle product you rely on to create an all-in-one data powerhouse. Huddle Instat's advanced tagging and next-level stat reports help you develop your team, and its global film library helps you find the missing piece to get the most out of every second of film. Visit huddle.com backslash HPR to learn more. 
The Junior Prospect Hockey League is Western Canada's newest elite developmental stream for student-athletes looking to take their game and studies to the next level. The JPHL features professional coaches and skill development coaches, along with comprehensive practice, game, and academic schedule, allowing athletes to be successful in a more cost-effective model compared to similar hockey and school programs. To learn more and see why the JPHL is the ideal choice for your student-athlete and family, visit JuniorProspectsHockeyLeague.com. Fractal Hockey Consulting. Everything we do, we believe in challenging the status quo in hockey. We believe in thinking differently. We provide interdisciplinary solutions that are personally designed, simple to use, and user-friendly. Through an integrated series of best business practices, and we design solutions for both hockey operations and hockey business operations. Contact us at fractalhockey.com. Outside Edge has built a reputation for guiding hockey players toward their potential and provides on- and off-ice development programs for hockey players. Outside Edge Hockey Development operates all programs on the philosophy of quality over quantity. Our strength, skills, and mental coaches understand the demands of the game and use this knowledge to develop strength, speed, and energy systems so our athletes can reach their potential. The Outside Edge programming features KPI-based strength and conditioning programs, skating, and skill development sessions for pro, junior, midget, phantom, and peewee. Contact us today at outsideedge.ca. Welcome back to Hockey Prospect Radio. Here's Shane Malloy and Brad Allen. It's Hockey Prospect Radio and our 2024 World Junior Championship preview show brought to you by Fractal Hockey Consulting through an integrated series of best business practices. They design solutions for hockey operations and hockey business ops. Let's talk about Chechia. Overall, if you look at this team, not as many drafted NHL players, but they have some really key end players, uh, comparative to some other teams they've had and like up front and offense. Yes, they have Yuri Coolidge, And I think he's really going to be from an offensive catalyst. I think he's going to stir, you know, really stir that drink for them. But for me, a player who's going to be the absolute key, I think he's going to be the linchpin for their whole offensive group is Matya Sapolev, uh, drafted by Vegas because of his defensive ability as a centerman, he's going to have to match up against the top line every shift, and he's going to play a lot of minutes. Uh, power play, first unit penalty kill, and match up head-to-head, and he's going to have to produce offense. I think he's going to be the number one key for Chechia throughout this tournament, and I'm really intrigued to how he's going to handle that level of pressure and if that he's going to have that pressure internally on him. So for me, I think he's the number one player thoughts, Jason on you know, this forward group and what they're going to bring. Well, I think you just hit on a, a really key player for them. And, you know, the thing with Sapovalov is that, you know, he's a big body too, hey eh, guys? So he's got yeah. long range and, you know, he plays uh, with, uh, with good detail up and down the ice. I really like that about him. He's got strong spatial awareness. He can win key face-offs. He's more of a distributor than a shooter, which is fine because if on the power play, for example, he's able to win a puck along the wall or cycle off the wall somewhere and hit Kulik tape to tape back door, obviously Kulik's going to be ripping pucks on goal as quickly as he can, right? That's his job. And, um, you know, the guy that I think that they really need to, besides Sapovalov, add that extra layer 
is uh is Sally. Like uh, I really think that you know he's uh he's gonna he's been interesting for me um in a lot of different categories depending on the event he goes off right and like really goes off and then some other times it's pretty pedestrian he's been just okay for me this year um you know kind of a hovering around a point of game so they've got an interesting mix here they're not as deep as the Slovaks up front they're not as dynamic but they got some names on here that they will play like their hair's on fire. They'll work, you know, Zidlicki, Stancil, uh, you know, Zidlicki obviously he's got NHL dad pedigree. And so they're going to come at, uh, come at people as hard as they can. And uh, they've got the goaltending. Uh, I believe that strong goaltending that'll give them a chance as well. They got a big forward group too. I'll just add that before we get thoughts from Brad, they have a really big forward group. They only have two forwards that are under six feet. Both of them are five ten. The rest of the guys are six, one or bigger. So that could be an advantage to them if games get thrown along the boards from that standpoint. Thoughts overall, Brad, on the forward group? Yeah, I, I agree with both of you. Uh, Sopovilov, for me, there's three elite defensive forwards that I've seen in the last couple of years that just blew me away with what their their abilities were defensively, and that's Sopovilov, Lenny Haminaho, and Adam Sakura. And uh, I love it because uh, they all play very differently, yet they're all fantastic at, at what they do. Uh, obviously, Sopovilov is the biggest one. He's going to be he's going to be everything. He's 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 going to have to be the difference maker for the checks to me. As, as you mentioned, he's going to have to make his teammates better. Uh, as Jason mentioned, he is a primary playmaker. He's going to have to really be on point here. He's going to have to make sure that he can set up Kulik, who is going to be like let, let's just say it as it is. This is not a there's not a lot of depth up front. I'm expecting Kulik to get double teamed. I'm expecting the power play to be running through Kulik or, or sorry, running, running towards him. He'll be the trigger man. He'll, he'll be like even be the bumper in this, in, in their front and their power play structure, depending on what they decide to do. But wherever he is on the ice, the opposing team is going to be trying to have some, somebody try to intercept a potential pass to him. They, everybody knows that that's their, their guy who's going to try to, to put the puck in the back of the net. So they, it's going to really be down to Sopovalov and Kulik, I think, as a one-two there that's going to really determine their offensive output. And it will be up to Rabble, who I think will be under siege occasionally here. He's going to have to really hold down the fort and make sure that he can hold long enough where they might be able to, to win those ugly 2-1 games, right? That's going to be the way I think they win the majority of their games uh, if they're going to do something at this event. One well, guy we should probably mention uh, that we did in the four group is Jakob Stancil, uh, drafted by St. Louis, 6'3", over 200 pounds. He could be that dark horse for this team in a bumper position around the front of the net because he's such a big body that all the focus and the defensemen always look to Kulik or they may look to a guy like Saleh because, you know, he can, like, go off too. But he may be that guy that no one really notices, but they have to key on him because you can't let a six foot three guy with some hands linger around the net undetested in that respect. So he may actually surprise some people in that respect in terms of producing some offense. He's going to be leaned on heavily, but maybe the defense core and the other four group are so focused on the other three that he gets a little bit of soft ice and can take advantage of it. So I'm curious on that. Let's focus on the defense core as well. So, you know, you look at Wojciech Port, Thomas Amara, uh, uh, Merrick, um, Eicher as well, three players that are obviously all NHL drafted. So I want to key on those guys first. But you look at this defense core, they're a big defense core. Like a lot of guys that are 6'2", 6'1". They only have one guy that's smaller um, in Galvis at 5'10". So they really built this team about trying to win, as you know, Brad noted, 2-1, 3-2 games. 
I think that ends up happening to be their strategy. Jason, thoughts on this defense core overall? Yeah, I'm wondering where the offense is going to come from on the back end. So I, I think that, uh, to your point, they're going to be able to play, you know, a mostly simple type of game, and, and they got some girth there. And, and you know, they definitely – the names that you mentioned, I mean, Alcher, even Hamara, like these guys, um, you know, they're they're mostly simpletons for me, guys. Like there's not a lot of wow to their game, um, which is a good thing in a tournament like this. You know, sometimes less is more. The, the guy that I got to really keen on, though, you know, is the draft eligible like Jiracek. You know, if you look at the games and the build up to the tournament, um, you know, being used in all situations, uh, you know, on the power play, you can see that he's trying what he's trying to do, you know, and, and he's got sound vision. And uh, but he's just going to have to elevate everything's going to have to come off his stick just a little bit quicker and a little bit more aggressively. Um, you know, he's different than his brother that way, isn't he? His brother was ripping bucks uh, every chance he got. But this guy, um, you need to score goals on the power play, and it seems like the puck goes through him on the power play, so that's going to be a big thing for me. And how much that def- that top, the obviously with Juracek and then the three drafted NHL defensemen, how many minutes are those guys going to end up playing? Are they going to, like, by the end of the tournament, are they going to be a little bit running out of gas? Because I think every one of them, is going to be, you know, close to 22, 23, 24 minutes, depending on the game. And that, you know, that third pairing is going to play more sparingly because they're going to try to play those tight games. So curious to see how, as they get towards the quarterfinals, what's going to be left in the gas of that defense core. Cause I think they could have used a couple of extra guys. They just didn't have that depth this year. Quickly. we got a couple of minutes left. We have to talk about their goaltenders. Let's start with Harabble right off off the hop because I think he's going to be end up being the starter, but both their goaltenders are monster six, six and six, four. Like all you got to stand there and they're just going to get hit by pucks. <laughs> That's the hope. I, I'll, I'll mention one thing about uh, just before I get to Robble with the Galvez and, and Juracek is they both play up in extra league in Chechia. So they, they play against pro men, right? And that matters. That That's going to help uh, them when it comes back to coming down to junior and being able to actually make a difference. Although Thomas Galvez is very small, he's about 5'8 and a half, 5'9", he already is, is shown to be able to hold in transitional rush defense at the, at the against men in extra league. He's he's actually not looked out of place defensively, which is a pleasant surprise. And uh, to Jason's point, Adam Juracek is going to be incredibly important in this tournament. Uh, getting to travel, you know, it, it was it was really interesting. I had a lot of conversations with Jason about uh, who really was the top end goalie in this class. I think some people maybe misread Ravel's long term upside uh, because his consistency rates weren't always there at the USHL level. But for uh, our listeners, you have to remember this is a. Uh, this was a first-year eligible goalie who's coming over to the States and, and playing on smaller ice for the first time. And conditioning was a massive factor, massive factor with this kid. He, it, We saw it live, Jason, when when he went up against the States at the U18s. You know, by the, by the time the third period started, he was already finished. He had nothing left in the tank. And I bring that up because there's going to be situations that are very reminiscent of the performance they had to put up against the States where he kept them in the game for two periods at the U18s and then – the, the gas, it, what he was, there was not enough conditioning there. So my question coming in is: Is there enough uh, based off of his college development so that he can hold with that third period right. so he can get that win? Yeah, hundred percent. We got to take a short break on hockey prospect radio. We'll come back right after these messages. Every play, every stat, every breakdown on their own, they're essential, but all together, they're undeniable. 
Introducing Huddle Instat, a new advanced data platform that integrates with sports code and every Huddle product you rely on to create an all-in-one data powerhouse. Huddle Instat's advanced tagging and next-level stat reports help you develop your team, and its global film library helps you find the missing piece to get the most out of every second of film. Visit huddle.com backslash HPR to learn more. The Junior Prospect Hockey League is Western Canada's newest elite developmental stream for student-athletes looking to take their game and studies to the next level. The JPHL features professional coaches and skill development coaches, along with comprehensive practice, game, and academic schedule, allowing athletes to be successful in a more cost-effective model compared to similar hockey and school programs. To learn more and see why the JPHL is the ideal choice for your student-athlete and family, visit JuniorProspectsHockeyLeague.com. Fractal Hockey Consulting. Everything we do, we believe in challenging the status quo in hockey. We believe in thinking differently. We provide interdisciplinary solutions that are personally designed, simple to use, and user-friendly. Through an integrated series of best business practices, and we design solutions for both hockey operations and hockey business operations. Contact us at fractalhockey.com. Outside Edge has built a reputation for guiding hockey players toward their potential and provides on- and off-ice development programs for hockey players. Outside Edge Hockey Development operates all programs on the philosophy of quality over quantity. Our strength, skills, and mental coaches understand the demands of the game and use this knowledge to develop strength, speed, and energy systems so our athletes can reach their potential. The Outside Edge programming features KPI-based strength and conditioning programs, skating, and skill development sessions for pro, junior, midget, phantom, and peewee. Contact us today at outsideedge.ca. Prospect News and Analysis. This is Hockey Prospect Radio with Shane Malloy and Brad Allen. We're back at Hockey Prospect Radio, our 2024 World Junior Championship preview. Let's get into Team Finland, starting up front with the forward group. Jason, you know, they have, as I look, about, you know, nine drafted forwards, same as Slovakia. So I think their top nine, that top nine is going to play a ton of minutes. Not a lot of players that I would consider high-end offensive players, but a lot of like typical Finns, you know what I mean? Really good two-way forwards, and they're going to have to play a very similar game as the Czechs in terms of having to like grind out those 2-1-3-2 games and just be opportunistic and just be relentless in their puck pursuit and force the other teams just to make mistakes and be very opportunistic on, on their power play and have great penalty killing. I think that's this how this forward group is going to have to play with very, very good puck support overall. Yeah, you just uh, pretty much laid it out that they got to play a perfect game there, which is, uh, you know, that's fair. It's uh, They're a different group in terms of, um, you know, that high-end offense for sure. Like they've got Casper Halton in who, uh, you know, big shooter, right, guys? Like the back door on the flank especially – um, it's going to be interesting to see, though, how he tracks up and down the ice. He's having a really good year goal-scoring-wise in the Ontario Hockey League with London, uh, but certainly there's some room for improvement uh, in consistency, you know, between the blue lines. He, we've seen it, though. You know, we've seen it even at the Worlds last year, the under-18s. 
you know, he can push the play when he's motivated. Uh, he's going to have to be motivated, you know, every game because this isn't a team that has like a yoke and camel from last year who can really transport the puck uh, quickly for them. So, um, you know, up front, uh, I'm interested to see how Kupalainen does. Um, you know, he uh, and and definitely Constantinus as well. You know, Constantinus is having a heck of a year uh, in the in Liga, and he's he's kind of can take that that role of being that that darting forward who can attack off the rush, uh, off the rush part of me for for the Finns. You know, he can lead the power play breakouts and uh, zone entries if you watch him closely. Uh, and when our people who are listening, when you when you watch this kid play, uh, you watch how far the back uh, the defense back off, allowing them to kind of enter the zone with speed because they have to be cognizant of how quick he attacks, and especially in a little bit bigger ice over there. So Hemming's another shooter, but we're talking about young guys, aren't we? And it's going to be interesting to see uh, where all their goal scoring comes from. Uh, they're going to have to dig deep. Yeah, to Jason's point, they got two snipers there. Emil Hemming, this is his first year. He hasn't looked great internationally this year for me uh, so far, but he's been better in his U20 Saria viewings and some of his league, uh, league play in Liga over in Finland. So he's played against men, uh, which, again, I think it really matters when you have a, a kid who's going from a pretty decent professional league back to a World Junior Tournament because I think it helps with pacing. And I bring that up because Emil Hemming, that, that's one of his uh, – one of his issues at times can be his pacing, but he's, he's improving off the forecheck. I think he's going to matter here. Uh, but to Jason's point, the player I think everybody should hone in on here is he's basically what Matthias Sopovilov is going to have to be for the checks, and that is Constellanius. Constellanius is a blue-chip prospect. He's a phenomenal two-way center, incredibly smart player. Uh, and like Sopovilov, I find that he's more of a primary playmaker, even though he has a heck of a shot. I, I think he's a dual threat, but he's still trying to figure out exactly when and where he should use his shot. But he's very comfortable as a playmaker. Uh, if Finland is to make noise at this tournament, it's because Constellanius has had a, a very successful I also think those big bodies up front, they better play big. Like they're going to have to create some time and space for their smaller, smaller forwards. So, you know, look at Bahu 6'3 and um, Halton in his 6'3, you know, and uh, Copeland in his 6'3, Nyman is 6'4. Like they don't have to always necessarily bang and crash and be vicious, but they're going to have to use their size to create some time and space and force defenders to draw to them for those other players to just to, get a, that half second they need to make a play. Um, otherwise, there's no value in their size. So I'm really looking to see what those four forwards do in that respect. I think that's going to be a real catalyst for them as well, particularly when the games get tight. Let's talk about that defense core as well. So they have a bunch of guys that are drafted, not high end, but a, like kind of an eclectic group. You got Otto Salen and, and Artu Karku and Kali Kangas. So, Brad, talk about a little – actually, I'll go back to to Jason first. Talk about this defense core and what do you think overall? Because they they got some size in there too. Like They're going to be – they can be hard to play against if they use that size effectively. Yeah, they got range is what I would would say to you guys. Um, I don't find it to be an overly um, powerful group on the back end. Um, how can I put this gently, guys? I it's it's kind of a vanilla group, which might not be a bad thing, but um, there isn't anything that stands out here. You know, you look at some of the other teams in the tournament. Obviously, we go back to the U.S. You know, those dynamic guys like Hudson on the back end, or even Canada's got like the Matejchuks and these types of players. Uh, th- this group in Finland, um, you know, I'll put it back to you a little bit, Bradley. I don't know 
who quarterbacks the power play and gets results per se. Like I'm, I'm trying to pull this all together here. It, it seems like we've got a two way D as a core here more than we've got anybody that fits into like really thundering body checker defensive shutdown, even though we're rangy and we don't really have a ton of offense either. I just find like they're just steady eddies. Yeah. Well, I find that it would be probably Aaron Kivahari, but he's injured. Right. So that, that's, yeah. that's one big uh, yeah. knock for them. Right. Um, I'll bring up one name that I think I'm very interested in seeing here. I actually have his A rated prospect and he's an overager. Uh, and that's Hesse Polkinen. Uh, six six defender. Right. He has come out of absolutely nowhere. I watched him way earlier in the season when I was trying to evaluate Emil Hemi. I was like, "Who's this massive defenseman? I've never seen him before." Long story short, he goes from four assists in his eligible first year of eligibility to two points per game in U twenty. Sorry, he has been dominant in the league in his last couple of games. He was phenomenal last week against Assad. Uh, I would not be shocked at all. If this is his coming out party for a lot of people in this industry, uh, this is a remarkably interesting unicorn on an ice on the ice surface. I guarantee you, he goes in the top three rounds. I won't be shocked at all if if he if he does really well at this event. Don't be shocked at all if you hear his name called early. There's a ton to like. He can dominate both sides of the puck. And uh, you mentioned Jason, the dark horse for running the the power play. It's this kid. This kid's pretty dynamic and very inventive and creative. There's actually he's kind of like a defensive version of Elmer Soderblom. A little bit mm. to give you some idea. So it should be very interesting. I am incredibly interested to see what this kid does at this event. Yeah, curious to see um, how that sort of plays out from that standpoint. And I'm always, I'm always on the hunt for the guys that could have that breakout in this tournament. Let's talk about the goaltending uh, as well. So right off the hop, they have one drafted goaltender in Nicholas uh, Coco, six four, big big kid. Jason, from your perspective. He's going to probably have to, if they're going to get into a gold, into a metal game, this is a guy who he's going to have to steal a game for them. He's going to have to. Yeah. So, um, you know, what I do like about him, obviously, is his stature. There's there's no doubt about that. It's nice to have a big goalie in the net. Um, he can be polarizing, though, guys. There's, there's nights that um, you really appreciate his athleticism and, um, you know, the look of him. Uh, in terms of being able to maybe steal a game, let's be honest. Like, you know, his stats this year are good. He's been relatively solid. Um, you know, I just, uh, you, you hit it right on the, right on the head. So for me that we're talking, he leans butterfly athletic for me, definitely butterfly. There are nights, Brad, that he gets wandering around a lot, like outside his posts and outside the blue paint and that when he gets erratic, like any goalie, um, you know, trouble ensues. Right. So, uh, when he plays with uh, better crease composure, I know that sounds simple, but under duress and high leverage situations, guys get stressed out and sometimes do more than they need to. Um, uh, it'll be interesting to see if he can keep it uh, composed. Yeah, to your point, Jason, I think, you, you know, you look at Emil Vinny, you look at Coco, both dynamic athletically at times, but very inconsistent mentally. And in this tournament, Composure is everything. And that's where I find that the, for some, I would say they would think it's the third string, but I wouldn't be shocked if he grabs it. And that's, that's no Valley. He's, he's played extremely well this year. Um, I watched him last year. I didn't think he was a draft. Uh, he forced my hand to at least rewatch him because that's how consistent he was in league so far this season. He's also the only goalie of the three that I, I found has had the rates of consistency you look for heading into the tournament. So it's, Nothing set in stone. Let's put it that way when it comes to the, the finished goaltending position right now. Yeah. Uh, Emil Vinny is the most talented of the three. 
but he's also the most sporadic. But he has been good internationally. He's been yeah. better internationally than he has in Mestis. So it should be very interesting to see them. Well, I, I wonder how much is the care the goaltenders will take the identity of the defense core that's in front of them and just play a, a simple safe game. We'll see from that standpoint. We're doing a short break. Stay tuned for hour two. We'll talk about the Swedes right after this. Every play, every stat, every breakdown. On their own, they're essential, but all together, they're undeniable. Introducing Huddle Instat, a new advanced data platform that integrates with sports code and every Huddle product you rely on to create an all-in-one data powerhouse. Huddle Instat's advanced tagging and next-level stat reports help you develop your team, and its global film library helps you find the missing piece to get the most out of every second of film. Visit huddle.com backslash HPR to learn more. The Junior Prospect Hockey League is Western Canada's newest elite developmental stream for student-athletes looking to take their game and studies to the next level. The JPHL features professional coaches and skill development coaches, along with comprehensive practice, game, and academic schedule, allowing athletes to be successful in a more cost-effective model compared to similar hockey and school programs. To learn more and see why the JPHL is the ideal choice for your student-athlete and family, visit JuniorProspectsHockeyLeague.com. Fractal Hockey Consulting. Everything we do, we believe in challenging the status quo in hockey. We believe in thinking differently. We provide interdisciplinary solutions that are personally designed, simple to use, and user-friendly. Through an integrated series of best business practices, and we design solutions for both hockey operations and hockey business operations. Contact us at fractalhockey.com. Outside Edge has built a reputation for guiding hockey players toward their potential and provides on- and off-ice development programs for hockey players. Outside Edge Hockey Development operates all programs on the philosophy of quality over quantity. Our strength, skills, and mental coaches understand the demands of the game and use this knowledge to develop strength, speed, and energy systems so our athletes can reach their potential. The Outside Edge programming features KPI-based strength and conditioning programs, skating, and skill development sessions for pro, junior, midget, phantom, and peewee. Contact us today at outsideedge.ca. Welcome to Hockey Prospect Radio, your voice for prospect news and analysis on Sirius XM NHL Network Radio. Now, here's your hosts, Shane Malloy and Brad Allen. This is Hour 2 in our 2024 World Junior Championship Preview, powered by Junior Prospect Hockey League, Western Canada's newest developmental stream for student-athletes looking to take their game and studies to the next level at JuniorProspectHockeyLeague.com. Along with Jason Bukla, myself, Brad Allen, let's talk about Sweden. Juggernaut, like they may get through their group with Canada and Finland, Germany, Latvia, and just sweep through and win every game. It could be actually, it's not even, it might be not easy for them, but I wouldn't be surprised if they sweep through and go right into the medal rounds. I mean, they're just that stacked. Let's talk about their four group first, Jason, and thoughts overall. And the one player, I think that's going to be a real catalyst for for them. And he's not really an offensively like high-end guy. But, but for me, it's Otto Stenberg because he's yeah. going to match up defensively against every team's top center. And if he can simply just shut down that guy, 
So if he's go, going against Canada, he's going to go against head-to-head against Celebrini. And if he could hold Celebrini or Poitras at, like, hold them five-on-five, five, it's just going to allow the other lines to do whatever they want. He is uh, the proverbial Swiss Army knife for Team Sweden. There's no doubt about it. And he's a leader. He generally wears a letter at international events. So, you know, if uh, if our listeners uh, want to paint the picture, he's he, he's doing a lot of things, or he does a lot of things a similar way that what Niels Holander is doing in Vancouver right now. Like, they, you know, he plays a lot like that. Uh, Holander scoring and, and, you know, coming on uh, for the Canucks. So, yeah, he's gonna. He's definitely gonna be. This is the you you you've talked about it the off air before. This is the group of death, if you will, with Finland, Sweden, and Canada all in the same group. Somebody's gonna finish third out of this group. It's not gonna be Sweden, fellas. This this team is uh, is loaded up front. So yeah, right before the dog uh, attacked the Amazon driver out front, my place here. As I was saying, you know, other guys to take all uh, are gonna play a huge role here. I'm interested to see how LaPierre Mackey, the Vancouver draft does, guys. He's had a real nice bounce-back season, you know, playing in, in Sweden and coming off injury last year, right? So he rehabbed very well. He's, he's scoring. He's getting back to playing to his identity. So, I mean, honestly, Liam Ogram, you know, big body. Let's, let's, let's go there, you know, net front, extend plays. We could go through this whole roster, same as, like, the U.S. team, Brad, and there's no holes like Noah Oslin. Is he going to catch lightning in a bottle and take over some ships? You know, like there's all kinds of skill and they, they got a nice mix here. They, they've been building for this tournament. This is a great team. Big forwards up front that Philip Bystead, David Edstrom, like yeah. six, four, six, three centermen that are just going to be able to envelop other centers. So you could, they're one, two, three punch at center is just as dangerous, but in different ways, than the Americans. Edstrom could be the sleeper guy. He was really good at under-18s last year. Takes key face-offs, goes to the net, extends plays. Like, there's a sleeper guy that could really play a heavy, big role. Yeah, I totally agree. For me, it's like Team Urgard, right? Like, they all know each other. Austin Ogren uh, and LaCaramaki. They all have chemistry already. It's going to matter. For me, again, you mentioned Noah Austin. That's the catalyst for me at at center there. He's going to be incredibly important to driving possession, being the neutral zone possession driver. He's going to be the guy who gets the zone entries. Uh, it's going to be fascinating to see how he does at this event. I'm very interested to see how his development's going because I haven't seen too much of him uh, uh, recently. But yeah, it's your, but this is, a again, another eclectic mix where you have everything. Right, you mentioned Philip Bystead and Edstrom. They're they're both big, but they're very, very different games, right? So yeah. you, get, you get big and skilled, you get big and gritty, and then you get slight, and uh, and quick and agile and a primary primary playmakers. Then you get slight, slightly less agile, elite shooters. You get you get everything right. Every, there's a huge mix of players here, so it allows them to match up very similar to the states. They they can do whatever they need to do against the teams that they go up against. It's it's up to other teams to adapt against them, right? Not the other way around. That's usually a very good sign. One of the other things we have to mention is, other than one forward, they all played in the Swedish Elite League. So they all play against men. So their level of mental composure and the pace that they're used to playing with is vastly different than what, say, we'll use compare them to the Canadians. We'll talk about them next, where the majority of them are playing in the Canadian Hockey League. So what they have to face and how they prepare on a daily basis is just different. Now, 
what they do, obviously, in the medal rounds is going to be, you know, it's going to really judge this team. But I think that's a competitive advantage when you have to play against pros from that standpoint, from a forward group. Let's transition this into their defense. Again, they got six defensemen that are all drafted, and they got an interesting mix in that as well. You got Tom Willander, you know, Elias Pedersen, uh, Sending Pelica, Solomonson, Johansson, Havlid. They got guys who can run a power play. They got guys who can kill penalties. There's guys who can match up defensively. Jason, talk about the variety within this defense core because they got a little bit of everything too. The one thing with the the core on the bat, well, all of them, to be honest with you, is they're all very mobile. They're like this group on the back end, they're very good skaters. Uh, they, they they all bring a little bit different uh, skill set with the puck on their stick to the equation. You know, like Patterson could be a secondary scorer, you know, instead of being kind of the, the lead dog. Obviously, Sandine Pelica, uh, quarterback to power play, escape pressure in his own to either lead the rush on his own or, you know, outlet and join it as an extra. It'll be interesting to see how uh, uh, Willander readjusts, if you will, you know, coming from Boston University, from college. I don't think it's going to be an issue. I love his smarts. Uh, He's played in Sweden his whole life. But I'm just saying that he's coming from North America, going back there and reasserting himself. So I don't see any weaknesses with this decor, guys. Like, I really don't. I think that they can all play a variety of roles real good balance, agility, mobility, and they benefit from the fact that they the majority of them have been playing in that structure overseas in the SHL because it's really structured, and they're going to play in the same size ice surface, which is a bonus for them. Yeah, you look at Axon Sand and Pelica, Matias Havlid, I think that's your power play one and two right there. And then you look at, as to Jason's point, this is the best skating back end in this in this tournament. This, they are unbelievable skaters. I mean, you look at Elias Pedersen, Elias Salmonson specifically, they also, they, they can really skate, but I think what's fascinating about them is they can specialize. So if you need them to be the shutdown guys on their pairing, they can absolutely do that. And I think that gives them a significant advantage over a lot of other teams in this tournament. 100%. Let's talk about the goaltenders. So, Jason, just right off the hop, they have two drafted goaltenders in the NHL, one from Ottawa, one from Arizona. Thoughts on them specifically and what they're going to bring because they're both different goaltenders overall. Yeah, I got to be honest with you. I'm not so sure that uh, either one of them get the net. I think that uh, might be Havlid, Havlid might. Yeah, yeah. I, I honestly think that Havlid's going to get the net. You know, internationally, he's an undersized goalie, similar to Team Canada's goaltender uh, Russo. Um, you know, he's about the same size. He's a little more stocky than Russo, but he he ran the table last year at the U18s for Sweden. He's had a He's had an okay year. He's young, you know, for, for the Swedish Elite League uh, or playing a Jurgard in there. But uh, he might be the guy. The other two guys, you know, you know, Riedler's coming from Dubuque and and, and uh, Feline. Uh, you know, again, I I just don't know that with the experience that the that Havlet has brought to the table, guys, that I think I said the Elite League. I think the Jurgard is in the Alsvenskan. They're, they're, they're in Alsvenskan. Which is kind of dis- that's a whole story thing to do itself. That's disappointing for the last couple of years. But anyways, you know, the, I just see that that it's Havlid's net to lose. I don't I don't have a real strong feeling on the other two. I don't have a real good book on either one of them in terms of international play. So uh, I'm I'm gonna run the table here that Havlid's a guy. How do you feel about that, Brad? I'll just mention for our listeners, uh, Reeler's development's very very good. He was a seventh round pick out of Ottawa. He came over from J20. He's in. Uh, 
uh, a solid system in Dubuque. And uh, I thought he's had a pretty good year developmentally. So I'm interested to see if he can if he can grab the net. But to your point, I think it is Havlitz's net to lose just because uh, he has done this. And mentally, at anything, you, you can question the toolkit, and that's the reason he wasn't drafted. There's some Dennis Godla here. Uh, but mentally, you're, you're not going to break this kid. This, this kid has no problem being under siege, and, and he can be a difference maker. He's been phenomenal internationally in previous performances. So um, th- there is talent, though. Melker Felon as well. We talk about um, Trey Augustine with his lateral agility. Melker Felon has phenomenal lateral agility. There, there is some upside here with, with each goalie, and they're very different goalies. So all three are completely different goalies. So it should be pretty interesting to see which one grabs in that long term. Yeah, 100%. Look, I think, you know, Americans and Swedes, that's what the gold medal probably should be on paper. Um, but that always doesn't turn out the way, you know, we project it to be. So we'll see what happens. We're going to take a short break on Hockey Prospect Radio. We'll talk about Canada right after these messages. Every play, every stat, every breakdown. On their own, they're essential. But all together, they're undeniable. Introducing Huddle Instat, a new advanced data platform that integrates with sports code and every Huddle product you rely on to create an all-in-one data powerhouse. Huddle Instat's advanced tagging and next-level stat reports help you develop your team, and its global film library helps you find the missing piece to get the most out of every second of film. Visit huddle.com backslash HPR to learn more. The Junior Prospect Hockey League is Western Canada's newest elite developmental stream for student-athletes looking to take their game and studies to the next level. The JPHL features professional coaches and skill development coaches, along with comprehensive practice, game, and academic schedule, allowing athletes to be successful in a more cost-effective model compared to similar hockey and school programs. To learn more and see why the JPHL is the ideal choice for your student-athlete and family, visit JuniorProspectsHockeyLeague.com. Fractal Hockey Consulting. Everything we do, we believe in challenging the status quo in hockey. We believe in thinking differently. We provide interdisciplinary solutions that are personally designed, simple to use, and user-friendly. Through an integrated series of best business practices, and we design solutions for both hockey operations and hockey business operations. Contact us at fractalhockey.com. Outside Edge has built a reputation for guiding hockey players toward their potential and provides on- and off-ice development programs for hockey players. Outside Edge Hockey Development operates all programs on the philosophy of quality over quantity. Our strength, skills, and mental coaches understand the demands of the game and use this knowledge to develop strength, speed, and energy systems so our athletes can reach their potential. The Outside Edge programming features KPI-based strength and conditioning programs, skating, and skill development sessions for pro, junior, midget, phantom, and peewee. Contact us today at outsideedge.ca. You're listening to Hockey Prospect Radio on Sirius XM NHL Network Radio. Here's Shane Malloy and Brad Allen. We're back on Hockey Prospect Radio. Uh, This is our 2024 World Junior Championship preview. We're now going to talk about Team Canada. Now, within Canada, all three of us are Canadian. There's such a tremendous amount of hype about, obviously, this team going in regardless of what the group looks like from a forward group 
now that they add Matthew Potro, which I think is going to be a massive advantage uh, to them. So down the middle of the ice, I think they're going to be extremely strong. Guys are going to have to get pushed to the wing. Jason on the forward group, I think it's a group of a lot of, you know, some good two-way players. There's other Pachwa, Celebrini. There's a couple guys, Matthew, you know, Matthew you know, Savoie. There's some guys who can obviously have some dynamic ability. It just, on paper, it's not a group that really blows me away, but they can always surprise you uh, because there's some obviously considerable talent there. No doubt. I mean, they've got a kind of a, an interesting mix, don't they? Potra coming back is a huge add for them. Yeah. Uh, obviously, in, in, you know, he's going to be able to play all situations, I would suggest. And they're hoping that he'll uh, contribute, obviously, on the part. I mean, he's playing on the Boston on the power play, so you can imagine he's obviously going to play here on the power play and, and contribute. But, um, you know, Celebrini, uh, top-rated uh, prospect for the entry draft. Uh, I love the way he plays, tracks up and down the ice, 200-foot game, high-end energy, skill, rips pucks back door on the power play, uh, great catch and release. He was arguably one of, uh, if not the best uh, player for Team Canada at the U18 Worlds last year as an underage. Um there's some guys in the underbelly here, though, guy that I think are going to play a, a monstrous role for them. Um, you know, obviously, Fraser Minton had a cup of coffee at the NHL level to start. So looks like he's going to play the wing. Um, Ray Kopp, uh, 31 goals in the, in the Ontario Hockey League coming into the tournament. They're going to need to get some more offense from different places. He's going to have to score on the power play. Uh, Matthew Wood, he's not the guy you want transporting the puck between the blue lines necessarily, but from the hash marks down in the offensive zone, he's lethal, got a great release, big body. Um, but, you know, I, I don't know. Connor Geeky, I think, is going to be the one of the guys that's going to carry the mail up front, uh, you know, as a bigger body that can score as well. So they got a they got an interesting mix here, guys. Nate Danielson um, was really good at Detroit Red Wing uh, training camp at, uh, in Traverse City when I was there. Um, and I think that he's capable with the Eastern Cowns of the world of, of doing a variety of different things. So are they as elite as the Americans or even the uh, the Swedes? I, I'm not going to say that for sure. I think they're in tough. They're going to have to outcompete their opponent. Yeah, Frazier, Cowan, and and Danielson. I'm glad you brought them up, Jason, because I, I feel like a, a whole lot of Canada's success is going to ride on them. I think they're yeah. very, very important role players here that are going to make or break this team. They're going to be penalty kill specialists. They're going to be extremely important on the four check. They're going to be energy players. If Canada goes down a goal or two and then energy gets low, that's where Easton Cowan comes over the boards. That's where Nate Danielson has to have a shift where he uses his speed to his advantage. So it, it's going to be interesting if Patra and, say, Celebrini don't have a good period or shift. That that's, that's where the depth comes in, and, and we're going to see how it plays out. That's where I think – I give Team Canada credit in terms of the roster. In terms, there's a bunch of guys that are good two-way forwards, like the, you know the Owen Becks and the Danielsons that you guys mentioned, um, Fraser Minton. I think they're going to be able to help, you know, shut down some the more powerful U.S. team, Sweden team. I think that's going to help. So I'm just curious to see how this group sort of plays itself out. It's the one where I, one group where I have a little bit less certainty about where. Like secondary scoring for me, I think is going to be the real big one. It's not necessarily through these preliminary rounds. It's once you get into the quarterfinals and who they match up against, and then the semifinals and who they match up against, because that talent pool is going to compress super quickly there. So I think it's going to be really fascinating with this group. And uh, I think Potra is going to what I think what Potra does for him, it just forces guys down into a role that actually suits them a little bit better. 
Um, and I think that's certainly going to help out. And there be, may be end up being a lot of undue pressure put on that kid's shoulders in that respect. Let's talk about the defense core. Thoughts, Jason, overall on this group, one through seven, and what they're going to be, be able to bring to the table. Well, they've got an interesting mix on the back end as well. You know, they they brought uh, Maverick Lamaru and uh, and the Warren kid, Noah Warren from Victoriaville. They brought the two big boys on the back end, Lamaru at six seven, I think Warren six six. Um, so obviously, you know what their role is going to be. Lamaru's a, a got more puck touch. He's a better uh, he outlets pucks better. He can he can do more things offensively than Warren can. Uh, but that's you can see where the length and the potential to shut down some. There's some their opponent. shutdown duo. We talk. They yeah, talk about sh- on. They talk about it every year. Who's going to be the shutdown duo? And that's going right, to be right. And I think Luno kind of fits in that mold too. Like yeah. he can do a, a, you know a couple of different things for you. Uh, same can be said for Bonk. You know Bonk might get a role in the second unit power play, but I think he's he could be a stabilizer in the back end, another right shot. Uh, but when you get into like the Matejchuks and the Molendikes now, especially with Molendike. You're looking at a little bit more of a whirling dervish, takes more risk, uh, more active all the time. Seems like he's always in motion. And, and Matejchuk, of course, is another guy that can uh, quarterback the power play and, and do some things with the puck on his stick. So they got an interesting mix there. Um, big, midsize, relatively small. I think Molendike's only about 173 pounds. So they got a wide range, and it'll be interesting. It'll be situational, I guess, is the best way I can put it. Uh, they'll have situational assignments. Yeah, I look at it as like a, a specialized group. It, you, you mentioned Lemoreau and Warren, right? That's the Salamanson and Pedersen of Sweden. That's the, essentially they're going to be the very similar roles. Eat ice, use their range, shut down everything. Uh, I mean, how important is Matejchuk to this group, right? Like the, the kid looked fantastic in Columbus's camp. He looked, he was almost ready to play in the NHL. Uh, he's the most, arguably the most dynamic player on the back end that Canada has, I think it's going to run through him. It's going to be very important for him to have a successful tournament for Canada to be, to be good at this, uh, at this event. I agree on the power play, especially from that standpoint, everything's going to get funneled through him on that blue line. And they end up me having a a four, one, a four, one, like power play where they only have one defenseman on. And then that second unit power play will probably be Molendike, Right. Again, as a guy who can like just, freelance on a power play on a second unit. I think that's going to have to be because I don't see anybody else that can pull that off on their defense score. Yeah, Bonk, Bonk can manage it, uh, but he's different than those two guys. Matejchuk's definitely, that's right up his alley, right? That's his element. Yeah, I, I Now with Quattra coming back, you kind of get the feel that it could be four forwards, one D on one of the units for sure. I agree with that. Yeah, curious. Okay, goaltenders, let's get into it. I don't know who's going to be the starter here. I have no idea. None. So, Jason, what's coming out of this group? Well, at the training camp itself, uh, Russo, in my estimation, was the best of the three. You know, the, there's not a lot of experience, right, guys? Uh, so, you know, we've got Ratzlaff, who played for uh, Team Canada at the Holinka Gretzky two years ago in Red Deer. But other than that, we don't have anybody here that's got any international experience. Uh, and of course, Ratslap, you know, basically ended up being the backup to Milic, uh, Thomas Milic last year in Seattle on on their playoff run. So Russo, for me, looked like he was the guy coming out of camp, 5'11 and a half, if you will. So, you know, he's 5'11, uh, 172 pounds or whatever. But listen, really fronts the puck really well, 
sits tall in his butterfly, which is great, Brad. He doesn't have a low stance in his butterfly, so he's not giving up the upper quadrants very, very much. He's good that way. Fronts it, eats pucks, rebound controls good, plays it really well. So one thing on the international ice over there, or pardon me, the hybrid ice over there, playing the puck becomes more of an issue uh, or more of an advantage if you can outlet or you know spring somebody long range, and and he does that very well. So. The other two guys, Ratzlaff, a little stockier in the net. Hilaire's the biggest of the three. Athletic, um, time will tell, but somebody's going to have to take the ball. Yeah, I think with Samuel St. Hilaire, I feel like there's too much rigidity within his post integration coming back out off the post for him to – I'll be surprised if he's the, the guy. Let's put it that way, based off what I've seen in the queue so far. Um, but to give an idea, like, do you ever listen to an idealist? I can sit here and be like, oh, I'm a goalie guy. I'm a goalie scout. I've watched 290 games of Elvis Merzlikens over the last seven years. As I've joked to Rick Nash, I don't know what his next performance is going to be like. <laughs> like, it is an incredibly difficult position to evaluate. Uh, incredibly difficult to predict this. We, we could sit here all day and go over each one technically. Uh, the, the truth is, whichever one is hot on that day and gets the jump start, uh, that that's the one that they're probably going to run through until until they can't, right? And we just have no idea which one that is. I, I think Scott Ratzlaff is the most talented of the goalies they've brought, but that doesn't mean anything in this type of format. It, it doesn't matter. So I really don't know is my answer, but I'm very interested to find out. 100%. Uh, it's going to be fascinating through the preliminary round to find out how that ends up transpiring and what, uh, what ca- Team Canada ultimately looks like. We're going to take a short break. Uh, we'll come back. We'll talk about Latvia, Germany right after this. Every play, every stat, every breakdown. On their own, they're essential. But all together, they're undeniable. Introducing Huddle Instat a new advanced data platform that integrates with sports code and every Huddle product you rely on to create an all-in-one data powerhouse. Huddle Instat's advanced tagging and next-level stat reports help you develop your team, and its global film library helps you find the missing piece to get the most out of every second of film. Visit huddle.com backslash HPR to learn more. The Junior Prospect Hockey League is Western Canada's newest elite developmental stream for student-athletes looking to take their game and studies to the next level. The JPHL features professional coaches and skill development coaches, along with comprehensive practice, game, and academic schedule, allowing athletes to be successful in a more cost-effective model compared to similar hockey and school programs. To learn more and see why the JPHL is the ideal choice for your student-athlete and family, visit JuniorProspectsHockeyLeague.com. Fractal Hockey Consulting. Everything we do, we believe in challenging the status quo in hockey. We believe in thinking differently. We provide interdisciplinary solutions that are personally designed, simple to use, and user-friendly. Through an integrated series of best business practices, and we design solutions for both hockey operations and hockey business operations. Contact us at fractalhockey.com. Outside Edge has built a reputation for guiding hockey players toward their potential and provides on- and off-ice development programs for hockey players. 
Outside Edge Hockey Development operates all programs on the philosophy of quality over quantity. Our strength, skills, and mental coaches understand the demands of the game and use this knowledge to develop strength, speed, and energy systems so our athletes can reach their potential. The Outside Edge programming features KPI-based strength and conditioning programs, skating, and skill development sessions for pro, junior, midget, phantom, and peewee. Contact us today at outsideedge.ca. Prospect News and Analysis. This is Hockey Prospect Radio with Shane Malloy and Brad Allen. We're back and powered by Hockey Prospect Radio and Outside Edge Hockey Player Development for on and off ice training featuring KPI-based conditioning programs, OutsideEdge.ca. Let's talk about Latvia right off the top. By far, one of the best fan groups for hockey and an international event of all time. They are phenomenal. So I always like when there's a international hockey tournament and Latvia is there because you know they're going to come out in full force and make it fun. So let's talk about this group overall. I mean, right off the top, Lock Mellis drafted by Boston and Villamanis drafted by Florida. Jason, those are the two drafted players. And a tremendous amount of focus is going to be put upon them to produce as much as they possibly can and just try to stay within a one-goal game and see if they can, like, pull that kind of crazy upset because the Latvians um, have a way of just causing other teams fits. And, like, why why are they even a goal? Why are we even tied going into the third period? Yeah, you know, the Latvians have been fun to watch over the last couple of years. Uh, you know, and let's be honest here, they're going to be in a battle, that relegation-type battle, right? Like, that's that's kind of their mindset coming in. they got to grab a game, win a game somewhere, and, and hope that they don't end up in the uh, the relegation side of the the event. But you know, Vilmanis, I, I'm anticipating the problem here is that you know, so Vilmanis is playing in Sarnia in the Ontario Hockey League. He's he literally at every international event I've been at. There's been nights he's taken over some shifts with his skill and his his pace. Like this kid's a good player. He's a crafty player. Um, it's going to be hard though, isn't it, guys? Because when you're only basically a, a two wheel two wheeled vehicle here and and him and Lock Mellis to carry the mail offensively, they're easier to check. So um, it's going to be it's a, it's going to be a heavy lift. He's going to play a ton of minutes at even strength. Obviously, he's going to roll over the boards in the first power play of Elmana side is. So will Lock Mellis. Um, the problem with Lock Mellis coming in is volume for me. So you know, although he's gone to play college at uh, at UMass, he hasn't had a ton of volume. He leans goal scorer for me more than uh, distributor. Uh, so that might be a good one-two punch that maybe they can create some offense that way between these two guys for Team Latvia. Yeah, look, look Millis for me, uh, very Swiss Army knife at times. I think he's going to have to be that. He's going to have to basically do everything. So uh, there's there's that aspect to Lock Millis's game. And Val Minis, for, for our listeners, he's going to be more of the, the scorer. He's going to have to really try to, to – he's got the shot quality. He's always had that coming from J20. Um, so it, it it's, it's unfortunate that – that they don't have too much to work with. I can't remember the name off the top of my head, but there was a six, five Latvian out of the queue. That's a roughly point per game that has uh, some skill to him. I've watched him recently with uh, my scouting colleague uh, out of the queue, Jerome Barube. Um, and he's at this event. So he's going to matter too. I really wish to remember the name, but Latvians have very unique names. I can't even remember North American names, let alone. You're Latvian talking about names. Uh, but, uh, Kristen Aronson's Aronson's. Yeah. He's like okay, six, yes, four, yes. six, five, two fifteen. Yeah, he's a, he's a beast. 
Uh, yeah, there, well, there's two of them out of the queue. Right, one of them's right. successful, Eric's, the other's yeah, not doing yeah, well. Eric's Mateko. But yeah, that's it. That's the one. Pounds. So, yeah, he's a so big that's kid, the kid too. That, that kid, that kid has the potential to, to to be a scorer at this event. I think he's going to have to be if Laffy is going to have some success and upset the team. The one thing you got to give credit to the Laffians, though, is their work rate. They play with pace. They're aggressive. And their fan base gives them energy. Like, that fan base is so loud. And it just drowns out everybody else. And you know they've had at least six pops adult pops coming in before they even start and they get the drums going and even the coaching staff and the players, I talked to them after the game. They're like, you can't, they cannot underestimate how much their fan base makes a difference in terms of their energy. And they just roll guys over and they just, the coaching staff just says, don't worry about it. Just play like your hair's on fire. Every shift. It's the only way we're going to have a chance of winning. And they do it, so which I think just brings energy to the group. Because I've talked to opposition teams, and they're like, their fans are crazy. Like, they just – they ground all our – friends. like, we don't even know where our fans are because the Laffians are screaming like like it's a war out there. So great for them, and I think that's going to make a tremendous difference in, in that respect, and I really appreciate – and I actually like watching the Laffians play because they, they, they don't have all the skill set, but they come to play. Like, there's – they, they, they play hard. And they so to me, hard. that that gives I have a lot of respect for for the Latvians, for the, not only their coaching staff and the general managers, but their players as well. Let's talk about Germany. Thoughts on Germany, because, look, they have a couple drafted players, obviously, you know, Blecker, you know, drafted by Detroit and Julian Lutz and Arizona. They're going to have to carry the mail. So, Jason, thoughts on, you know, some drafted players there. Yeah, so Lutz, uh, he's an interesting player for me, to be honest with you guys. Like, he's a big body. He's got uh, better than average skill. Good, Actually, good puck touch. I, I would say that he has good puck touch. Uh, at times, he can push the play or pace off the rush. He's involved. He's involved. But, you know, there have been some nights for me that, you know, I just I needed more of a complete game out of him. Like, he's kind of teased me at times. Um, but there's no question that there's something there. Uh, time will tell. Germany, absolutely. They've been relying on him the last two cycles at the uh, at the under-18s and like at the, on the international stage for the last actually three, four years going back to their U-17 program. So he's definitely a guy uh, to keep uh, to keep a close tab on. Um, you know, the, the rest of it, uh, who's your other drafted guy again? You mentioned him. I forget it. Off oh, Kevin Blicker, the kid out of, that was drafted by um, Detroit. Right. So... You know, I uh, just looked up Lutz again. Yeah, he's at 6'2". So um, the Becker kid, he's another one. Um, not sure what they're going to get out of him, but they're going to be having to hope that he's um, able to produce some offense. I know that uh, I, I've only broke him down twice this year. I just looked up my notes, and he is struggling a little bit to produce offense over there this year in the German League. and um, But – you know, when he gets with his own age group, he's he's productive. He's a he's a productive offensive player. He's got uh, he's got better than average skill, and he can push the pace as well. So, uh, at the U twenty level, he's way over a point a game. But in the top German league, Brad, he's struggling to find a role. There's also that um, the defenseman that's drafted by Buffalo and Norwin no, uh, Norwin Pachola plays in the Q as well. So he's with uh, Shakutami. And he's a big-bodied kid at 6'2 and 192 pounds. He's drafted late in the seventh round. Um, you know, he's got 11 points and 
you know, 30 odd, 30 odd games for Shakutami. So curious to see how much they're going to lean on him in that top pairing as well. Well, one player I look at and I, I'm very interested in watching here is Paul Mayer. He plays in the DEL. Right. He has pro experience. He's 6'2", 6'3". Uh, very composed player. His game reminds me a lot of J.J. Moser's. Uh, the retrieval rates are very impressive. He's he's one of those types of defensemen that when a forecheck's bearing down on him, if they try to cut his options, he'll create new options for himself. He's very multidimensional with how he finds his exits. And that's absolutely what he needs to be able to do with this tournament because he's going to have a whole lot of pucks coming in deep around his net area. And he's going to have to get the puck moving. I think he can be a catalyst for, for some, some exit and out stretch playmaking. Uh, not an offensively gifted defenseman, though. He won't be running their quarter, their, their power play or anything. Um, the other player that I think might be a dark horse, dark horse here, a player I know well, Viet Oswald. So he's playing the DL as well. He was dominant in their U20 system. Um, not not uh, good enough for an NHL draft type of thing, but in terms of this type of tournament, game-to-game impact, he could be a standout player. He's big, he's energetic, uh, he actually knows how to play a pro game, he has structure, and there's enough talent there in this type of format to be a difference maker. So him and Lutz, especially Lutz, that Jason mentioned, Lutz is going to be the, the driver here. He's got to do a whole lot. Uh, but Viet Oswald is a dark horse, and then look for, look for the draft-eligible Paul Mayer. He's an interesting prospect. Well, I think the Germans are going to end up having to play a very similar game to the Latvians, tons of energy when they don't have the puck and structured game. They just can't give, and they can't take penalties because one of these, you know, the teams in in their pool, Canada, Finland, Sweden, they're just going to tear them apart, right? So I think it really, and you talked about it, Jason, that you want to avoid the relegation. So that Latvian-German game is going to be massive. Whoever wins that game doesn't have to go to relegation. You know, they'll end up being in like end up being in probably the quarterfinal and then face whoever, you know, which is probably going to be the will be the Americans in in the B when the crossover happens. So I think that's going to be really interesting from that standpoint. I know some people don't like to watch the lesser teams in this tournament, but I do because there's always underlying players that end up coming out and having a good pro career out of that. And some of them end up playing in the NHL and you're always surprised by that. Um, because they just don't get the attention and all the focus, particularly obviously in Canada, United States is about, you know, the top end drafted players from that standpoint, we should take a quick break. And when we do, we'll come back and we'll talk about more world juniors right after this. Every play, every stat, every breakdown on their own, they're essential, but altogether they're undeniable. Introducing huddle Instat a new advanced data platform that integrates with sports code and every Huddle product you rely on to create an all-in-one data powerhouse. Huddle Instat's advanced tagging and next-level stat reports help you develop your team, and its global film library helps you find the missing piece to get the most out of every second of film. Visit huddle.com backslash HPR to learn more. The Junior Prospect Hockey League is Western Canada's newest elite developmental stream for student-athletes looking to take their game and studies to the next level. The JPHL features professional coaches and skill development coaches, along with comprehensive practice, game, and academic schedule, allowing athletes to be successful in a more cost-effective model compared to similar hockey and school programs. To learn more and see why the JPHL is the ideal choice for your student-athlete and family, visit JuniorProspectsHockeyLeague.com. 
Fractal Hockey Consulting. Everything we do, we believe in challenging the status quo in hockey. We believe in thinking differently. We provide interdisciplinary solutions that are personally designed, simple to use, and user-friendly. Through an integrated series of best business practices, and we design solutions for both hockey operations and hockey business operations. Contact us at FractalHockey.com. Outside Edge has built a reputation for guiding hockey players toward their potential and provides on- and off-ice development programs for hockey players. Outside Edge Hockey Development operates all programs on the philosophy of quality over quantity. Our strength, skills, and mental coaches understand the demands of the game and use this knowledge to develop strength, speed, and energy systems so our athletes can reach their potential. The Outside Edge programming features KPI-based strength and conditioning programs, skating, and skill development sessions for pro, junior, midget, phantom, and peewee. Contact us today at outsideedge.ca. Welcome back to Hockey Prospect Radio. Here's Shane Malloy and Brad Allen. This is our last segment on our 2023-24. I'm getting my years all messed up. World Junior Championship preview show. Let's start with Norway because Norway's fun. Because they got some draft eligible players that all the NHL teams are going to be like really closely watching. You know, sometimes people think like the Norways of the world are the throwaway games and they're not. Those are the games I go to on purpose. When I go to the world juniors, they'll be me like in a section by myself and I don't care because and all the other like some of the other media that show up won't even bother to go to these games. And I'm full in because that's what's going to make it fun. So, Jason, let's talk about. Let's focus on the draft eligible players for Norway and right off the hop, who's the guy that you want to mention? Well, I'm going to defer to Brad on, on the, uh, on the, the big rig there, the, uh, the big cat, the roughneck there that he likes a lot, but uh, Michael Brantzig Nygaard from Norway is a polar, apparently more polarizing than I first uh, uh, knew until about uh well, 10 minutes ago and maybe uh, maybe a little bit longer. But I'm going to tell you this. Like, uh, in my viewings of this kid, um, you know, he's playing in the Alspenska in, in Mora. Um, he's a right shot, six foot, 194. I liked him. Like, you know, I think he could be the first Norwegian kid to uh, ever be a first-round pick in the NHL. Um, he can bring it with pace. Uh, I think he shoots it well. He's got a good catch and release. He actually shoots the puck in stride if you see – if you go through some of his historical goal scoring, um, you know, he shoots it in stride pretty good. So um, I like his commitment def- uh, defensively. I don't, I don't think he, I don't think he bails on anything in 93 zones. Um, he's responsible. Uh, he's responsible defensively before going on offense. Would I like to see him score more in Alspenskin? Absolutely. I mean, you know, when you take a look at his statistics, they're not as good as you'd like them to be. But having said that, he's also he's playing against player. pro men. Like in he's a good league. Grown man, and he's a plus player. So, I mean, it's, you know, he's, he's taking care of a lot there. Um, I don't know. I think he's a two way forward with a uh, better projection on, uh, on the offensive side, but you know what, that's what we play the games for. We'll see Norway though. They're going to be relying on him a great deal to, to carry some of this load offensively for sure. Yeah. To, to Jason's point, very gritty player built for North American ice. 
I think that's one thing with him is like you got a Euro. What type of Euro is he? Is he finesse oriented? Is he soft? Uh, the answer to that is absolutely not. Nygaard is built for North American hockey. He's very good along the boards. He's physical. He's going to be good on the forecheck. He's fast. He's mechanically gifted. There's a lot to like with Nygaard. Uh, as Jason alluded to, I, I have some issues with Nygaard relative to some other people in the industry. Um, but I don't think he's the best eligible uh, Norwegian this this draft. Let's talk about the and, Viking. Uh, yeah, the Vikings, so Stian Solberg. <laughs> so Stian Solberg is basically Alex Romanov of Alex Romanov drank 10 Red Bulls in a short period of time. This kid is a, he's a menace on the ice. He's incredibly difficult to play against. Uh, expect his hit rates to be easily the best amongst any draft, any draft eligible defender uh, at this tournament. Um, but he's he's got more than just a gritty, hard-nosed shutdown game. This kid can skate. He's starting to really find his offensive touch uh, up in Norway. Uh, actually, he's, some of the best goals he scored this season just occurred the last couple of weeks here, uh, which was nice. We just released our top 32 and had him, and some people were wondering how, why we why we had him uh, because of his lack of production, and then he, he went off for us there. So it was a, it was a nice touch, but he can do. He can do a lot, and he's going to have to do a lot at this event. Uh, but he's not the uh, he's not the only one. There's also uh, Ludvig um, Leften who also plays up in the Norwegian league. I think he's a dark horse. I have him as a C-rated prospect right now. Uh, he's poised. He's calculated. He plays a 200-foot game. He's also not small. He skates relatively well, not as good as Stian Solberg or, or Branson Nygaard, but well enough, I think, to hold here. Uh, and there's poise, and, and there's some there's something there at the line. He's not just uh, – we, we talked about Paul Mayer. He's much more of a stationary, vanilla shooter. This kid isn't. This kid uses off looks, he uses lateral cutbacks, sidesteps, he uses exaggerated postural fakes. He brings in different uh, a different element to him offensively, and uh, he's going to need to. They, they're going to need to draw something from the back end. You look at Niels Backy Olsen. He's not a draft, but he's a, a solid pro who's done very well internationally for Norway over the years. He's here. He's going to matter. Uh, you look at Peter Vesterheim, who's a player I talked about with Jason last season uh, uh, on the show. Um, yeah, I thought he was a seventh round pick for myself last year. I, I, you know, I still think he could be that this season. His name is Joel Kivarantes. He's, he's that wonderful depth, uh, uh, forward who can chip in, but is also exceptional defensively plays with structure. He's going to really matter here. He's had a good year on El Svenskin. So the Norwegians for all intents and purposes, they are, as Shane said there, this is not a Latvia situation where you're looking at relegation. I think this is a team that legitimately uh, can can upset another team, like a bigger team. This this is a dark horse here for Norway. This is the best Norwegian class ever. So I hope everybody gets an opportunity to check them out. It's it's awesome seeing smaller nations develop. We just talked about it with Slovakia, how Slovakia has risen over the last couple of years here. Well, Norway, this is Norway's coming out party. I'm curious to see, because obviously Norway's got to play the next team we're going to talk about in Switzerland. They beat Switzerland. Switzerland goes to the relegation. Because I think that's it, it's too tough when you have Czechia, Slovakia, the states. Could they upset? Well, they're not going to upset the Americans, but could they upset one of the other two? Maybe, right? They're going to have great goaltending. Well, we'll see. But I think it's just it's fun to watch these developing nations get better and better every year. Jason, let's talk about Switzerland. They have one drafted player in the entire group, and in the past, they've actually come out and performed really well i'm just i'm I'm curious about this swiss group and what they're going to be able to bring to the table and can they like just keep their head above water long enough to not get caved in yeah it's going to be tough isn't it Uh, i do respect the swiss team though like they they work hard yeah they work and 
I, you know, it's, it's fascinating to watch like them play. And, and we're talking about the Norwegians now, which puts more pressure on the Swiss, doesn't it? If, uh, yeah. if, if Norway is going to, you know, like, like Brad says, they're icing the best team that they ever had. They're thin though, guys. Uh, you know, the, they're the, small. yeah, the Dionisio kid, uh, the Anaheim draft, um, you know, he was a, a late pick by, by Anaheim. Um, you know, he's, he's, He's a veteran for this group. He's actually a veteran on 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 you know the Swiss international stage. The the thing that hurts them is that, uh, and I don't want to dwell on it too much, but not having somebody like Lee and Bichelle on their roster is a huge uh, you know obviously it's a it's a problem for them. So I don't know I don't know where their offense is going to come from. That's that's my problem with this group here. Uh, you know Dionisio he plays more like a two way game. Um, He's not afraid to throw the weight around. None of the Swiss, believe it or not, even some of the smaller guys, the water bugs, they they get involved. They get, you know, they don't have a, an issue that way. I was looking through my notes, and they do have a, a the Nick Neely kid. He's got some stature to him. He's like a six foot three, I don't know, two hundred five pound defender who, you know, he's not he's not going to bring any offense, but he might be a shutdown guy on the back end, and uh, you know, complement you know somebody. Like like a Dionisio who might have to carry a little bit more of the offensive mail on the back end. So, um, not sure uh, about the entirety of the group. Uh, the goaltending is obviously going to be under stress. Um, you know, uh, I believe that Cristobal, if I'm not mistaken, I'd have to double check here, but isn't it Cristobal? Yeah. Yeah, 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 isn't it his son playing this year for yeah. the Swiss? You yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, yeah. So you know. Um, you know, and he he's been playing in the uh, uh, Western Hockey League, right, for Regina. So uh, that's going to be a heavy lift for him. We'll we'll see how it all comes together. But uh, the Swiss are in tough guys. I the way, especially the way Brad is flying the Norwegian flag. I, I'm I'm worried about Team Swiss. Uh, they might be looking at relegation the way that this is going. Right, and that's going to be yeah. really interesting from that standpoint. Of now, the Swiss always come to work hard, you know, and they always kind of find a way. You're you're watching the game. And then they're playing a top team and it's the middle of the second period and they're only down by a goal. And you're kind of like, okay, when is the floodgate going to open here? And they tend to do that. It'll get into the early third. And you're like, when's the floodgate going to open? And eventually it generally does, but they tend to like put the scare of like, like any form of deity against an, the opposition team because they work hard and they're structured and, you know, they play well as a unit. So I give them, like the Latvians in that respect, I give them, I have to respect the Swiss. They just, I'm waiting for, they just, they get good players, but they're so sporadic. They haven't quite hit it out of the park yet. So uh, I'm curious to see what they do at the world juniors. Gentlemen, a uh, great preview of the world junior championships. I'm really looking, we're both, all three of us are looking forward to the tournament. And so this has been another edition of hockey prospect radio. Enjoy the tournament. Everyone's a great tournament, best tournament of the year. And we will see you at the rink. Every play, every stat, every breakdown. On their own, they're essential. But all together, they're undeniable. Introducing Huddle Instat, a new advanced data platform that integrates with sports code and every Huddle product you rely on to create an all-in-one data powerhouse. Huddle Instat's advanced tagging and next-level stat reports help you develop your team, and its global film library helps you find the missing piece to get the most out of every second of film. 
Visit huddle.com backslash HPR to learn more. The Junior Prospect Hockey League is Western Canada's newest elite developmental stream for student-athletes looking to take their game and studies to the next level. The JPHL features professional coaches and skill development coaches, along with comprehensive practice, game, and academic schedule, allowing athletes to be successful in a more cost-effective model compared to similar hockey and school programs. To learn more and see why the JPHL is the ideal choice for your student-athlete and family, visit JuniorProspectsHockeyLeague.com. Fractal Hockey Consulting. Everything we do, we believe in challenging the status quo in hockey. We believe in thinking differently. We provide interdisciplinary solutions that are personally designed, simple to use, and user-friendly. Through an integrated series of best business practices, and we design solutions for both hockey operations and hockey business operations. Contact us at fractalhockey.com. Outside Edge has built a reputation for guiding hockey players toward their potential and provides on- and off-ice development programs for hockey players. Outside Edge Hockey Development operates all programs on the philosophy of quality over quantity. Our strength, skills, and mental coaches understand the demands of the game and use this knowledge to develop strength, speed, and energy systems so our athletes can reach their potential. The Outside Edge programming features KPI-based strength and conditioning programs, skating, and skill development sessions for pro, junior, midget, phantom, and peewee. Contact us today at outsideedge.ca.